episode of The Sidelines, and it's uh, AP with the driver taking it over from Cordo this time. <laughs> <laughs> Normally I have a bit more of one going on, but uh, but again, I'm taking the reins over, but Cordo, how are you, mate? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm going well. I'm frazzled, a little bit out of sorts, but uh, we're doing something a little bit different because next week when this is actually aired, so this is heavy, de- heavily delayed or prepared recording. Uh, the jig is up. Corto uh, will be unavailable in due to other work priorities. So the the normal scheduled recording cannot occur. So here we are. So not to basically get now shoot ourselves in the foot and say, "Oh, the Masters, what a good time to be alive." We thought we'd uh, you know beat everyone to the punch and just say we've done this one a bit ahead of time. Yeah. So whoever won the Masters, congratulations, and we. Definitely picked you to win. Yes, we won all of the money on the Denver Broncos. Yeah. <laughs> How good did that green jacket look on? Insert name. <laughs> I look forward to the menu of insert selection. Yeah, I love it. But look, it's um off the back of the week that it's sort of been and how things sort of situated, Court, I want to pick your brain about a few things. But why is it that a four day working week is not four days. It is actually seemingly somehow eight. It is longer than a five-day week, emotionally and draining. I don't know why. I don't know what it's called. But surely you share the sentiment. You're talking like when there's public holidays. You have a public holiday, you have a day off, and everyone sits and goes, this is great. And you come back and you're doing the math and you're like, wow, I've taken off one day, one day of work. I now by my superior math knowledge, I have one less working day. And then somehow you do the hours in and you're like, hold up. That was supposed to be one less. It felt like it was six more. What happened? (laughs) (laughs) Well, A, that shows you're committed to your job that you make up for lost time, metaphorically. True. Uh, B, who even came up with the working week? Uh, It's a... It's a question that is plaguing me constantly. Like, I mean, maybe people out there are going <laughs> and leaving the podcast in droves because they're like, <laughs> wow, they're scratching the bottom of the barrel when they're talking <laughs> about the concept of Monday to Friday. But I reckon it's because no matter how much extra time you get, if you're in a role that is demanding of you in any way, shape, or form, the natural human reaction is to either go, shit, I've only got less days to get done what I need to do, or B, I wonder what stuff's piling up in my inbox while I'm enjoying my day off, Mm. or C, yeah, I've got a long weekend, but I'll have to pay for it on the other end of the enjoyment. And so like the Sunday blues that you get, I reckon it hits harder on a Monday afternoon when you've had a three-day weekend. Oh, absolutely. And it, it really is, it's a good It's a good uh, item to sort of say. It, it really is like having a few beers. Not that we're saying that you always have beers, but you have those beers. At some point, you have to pay. You have to pay the piper for the beers <laughs> that you have. Yeah, both with the contactless payment and with the destruction to your body. <laughs> There is no free beer. But uh, if you could decide, like, what do you think the ideal is? I th- like the perfect working week setup. If you could just throw one, re- reset everybody. Yeah. Mine would be 7.30 to 
and not work on a Friday. Ooh. So four-day working week, which I think they're trialing in like a part of Austria. I could have that wrong. I feel like there's a somewhere in Europe where they're trialing the four-day working week. I so could we, definitely get around the four-day working week. I could get around it too. Having a Friday off is good. I think I wouldn't mind try again. I'd like to just try this stuff and then see what happens. I think a weird three-two-three-two kind of arrangement would okay. be kind of cool. It'd be annoying. I admit that there's like I haven't really thought this through at all because I understand <laughs> that <laughs> I understand that after the first week we sit there and go, "Oh, I've worked Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Sweet, I've got two days off. Wait, I'm working Saturday, Sunday. Wait, what? Yeah. Okay, but explain, explain. It just. If you just always have two days coming, it's great. And the weather gods are fickle. They will always schedule the crappy weather on the weekend. And the good weather's always Tuesday. Yeah, I hate that feeling. And if you got if it's a rotational if it's a rotation when your weekend is and you're always only ever three days away from a weekend, do you really mind too much? So basically you're saying going forward, you do three days on, two days off, three days on, two days off. Yeah. Okay. Look, there's probably too many days off there compared to how many they want you to work, but... I feel like that's a severe reduction in working days when you map that out over a year. Mm, so what yes. even is a year <laughs> if that's what we evolved to? Uh, maybe four, three. I don't know. Again, there's definitely a better way to do it. Uh, but I like the concept of changing up when your days are off. Yeah. Yeah, like it's almost like the whole world becomes a version of a FIFO worker. Yeah. Like a rostered on worker. I love it. But look, speaking of adjustments, again, how have you found the return to the office? Work? So for our international listeners, the predominant thing now is everybody's loosely starting to actually come back. We're all kind yeah. of allowed to go back. Yeah. But now we're coming But it, I don't know about you, Corda, but I've noticed some habit changes. Ooh, elaborate. So, historically, I'm, I was a music listener guy. Yeah. So, headphones in, uh, which, to be fair, was always a bit of a raised eyebrow look. Uh, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people were a bit, um, oh, how can he be involved in the conversation and the work life? <laughs> um, all this kind of stuff. Uh, but, you know, you can always put one earbud in. And yeah. you know, be involved, and you know when you got to get work done, you just block it out. It's seemingly like there's a lot of people who are about this life now. Yeah, where people in the past might have gone, "Oh, Epi doesn't seem that engaged," and now it's like, "No, no, no he's just socially useless." <laughs> yeah, that, and they're also suddenly like, "Oh, yeah, you know, over COVID, I really got into podcasts, like the sidelines." Yeah, yeah see that? Hey, hey, yeah. No, that's right. <laughs> So if you are listening now, we are in fact talking about what you are doing right now, which is listening to us in the office with their headphones on. Are we inceptioning people? We are your escape. <laughs> but it's, again, some people who didn't understand that this is sort of a part of their, you know, how they would work effectively or not effectively. Some people yeah. float in and out. But I am liking that, you know, traditionally some offices, not all, yeah. uh, you had to be very discreet. You know, we're talking like hide hide the headphone up through the shirt. It's just in, always flicking yeah. out. Then you've got the, the next tier, which is the big bad boy, uh, super deluxe Bose, uh, could block out a Harrier jet while it runs into <laughs> yeah. you uh, while breaking the speed of sound and everyone's just like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I'm vibing, what a guy. Yeah. 
gamer headphone man. Yep. But yeah, I'm just I'm just really liking uh, these sort of people come out and change. I have noticed that, but I will say this: I'm a bit of a trendsetter because I've been doing the headphones in for a very long time. I just ran with it one day. I think it's because I discovered that I can't. I can't tell, like, of the 100 people I used to work with, I couldn't tell the 96 of them that I thought they were fuckwits and didn't do any work. So I needed a way to withdraw myself socially from the office while still putting on the image that I was invested and working hard. So I discovered, like, listening to sort of calming Beethoven. So that way when Frank comes past me to talk to me about something... I can look at him and go, just a nod, or even pretend I'm on the phone. That's a that's a power move. Yeah, I'm actually on a call. Do you, I honestly? There was a coworker that said to me, "I've never met anyone that's on the phone as long as you are on a working day. It <laughs> must be well, really hard." Also, also not speaking much, just yeah. very attentive. Yeah, and then even one said to me, "Like, oh my god, can't the people on the call hear you humming that song?" <laughs> Uh, Doris didn't get that one. <laughs> but yes, I think the other habit I've noticed is um, everyone being really freaky with hygiene. Mm. Like people cleaning their desks with alcohol wipes and stuff. I'd never seen that before. And like yeah. guys in the toilets, uh, like, come on, no woman out there is going to be shocked. We grab the hog, piss all over the wall and walk out. You rub your hands on your jeans. <laughs> now I see guys in the bathroom and they're like hot water, waiting for the water to get hot, soap, almost like burning their hands with the soap, deep cleanse of the nails with the soap, rinse that off, paper towel, then air dry, then hand sanitizer on the doorway out, like next level. That's a big change. So I guess for the better when objectively you think about this. <laughs> That's the biggest one I've noticed. Yeah. Look, they're my two big call out so far. But look, I will continue to survey and landscape and profile people because that's what I do. I've also noticed a lot of people uh, telling me how they started podcasts or got into the podcast game <laughs> in lockdown. <laughs> Did you say, come on, guys. Well, I told someone the other day, go and listen to mine and then come back to me and try and convince me that yours is on the same level. <laughs> <laughs> Did you then like wake up and you're like, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. sorry, Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway. Look, outside of the working life, um, a few things have been sort of popping up that are starting to gear back into a bit of traction, but not quite yet. Movies are sort of starting to get some steam. So not yet. Yeah. But King Kong versus Godzilla came back and everyone sort of lost their mind because it made, I think it made actually quite a bit of money. I haven't seen it yet. Are you going to watch it? Uh, I probably will. I don't know if I'll go to the cinema to see it. Mm, That's a late night by myself movie. Well, I'm, shockingly, I'm super pumped for the Mortal Kombat movie coming out. Uh, yeah. It's going to be rad. 
Uh, for anyone out there that hasn't seen the first Mortal Kombat movie, get around it. I really hope they do a callback to it. Like somehow there's like a like a random, like you know how they do that sort of thing where they're just like, oh, what's this? And they find like an old cassette tape and he pushes play and you hear the old theme song. It's like, run, run, come back. And they're like, that was weird. But I would that's, be appreciative. Yeah. Uh, if they don't play that original dance track that they had for the first movie, that if they don't play that, we riot. <laughs> Unless they, if they remix it, I will give them a pass. Ah, but if they turn it into like a trap song, I won't be happy. Yeah, you're going to be happy anyway. Like, I don't want that. I need hard hitting ecstasy tablet 90s speed addict techno. Uh, but look, it's, it is just exciting. There is a few more things coming. There's going to be a big backlog. Big backlog. Well, yes. There is another movie coming, which I wanted to know if you're going to watch it. What's that? Uh, it involves the atmosphere and a very flavorsome condiment. Do I have any and, idea what this is? And it's a sequel. Is this Vanilla Sky? Vanilla Sky. <laughs> Vanilla Sky 2. <laughs> I was like, that's an odd movie to have a sequel. I've never seen the first one, but I feel like there wasn't a sequel there. Space Jam 2. Oh, yes. That was, was, a, like, that was a bizarre way to explain that. What has atmosphere and a very flavorsome condiment? Oh, I thought you said fragrance. <laughs> oh, maybe that's I why did. I said That's why I said Vanilla Sky. That's the only thing I could think of that was... Ah. Uh, I gotta stop drinking for this podcast. <laughs> but look, I'm I'm actually excited for it. That's I'm my not, take. Why? I'm not. You're because just a hater. It'll be shit. I am a hater. It go. It's because I've ranted too much about remake, so I can't like fundamentally say I'm excited for it. You were just excited about a Mortal Kombat remake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not consistent. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm happy to go in with uh, open eyes because like there's sort of things about it that I liked. I liked who's going to be the um, I guess the the monsters as such. Who are the monsters? I actually haven't seen that bit. Oh, so there is. I'm probably going to make the, uh, muck them up. So Clay Thompson, yeah, uh, he's one of them. Weird, not scary. Uh, but he's like on fire. He's like a fire dude. Yeah. Okay. Um. There's two WNBA players who I can't recall the name of. Of course. You're not too rocking with that. Anthony Davis is in it. <laughs> Good. And Does look like a monster with those insane eyebrows. And see, I'm going to say the next one, and I know that your tone is going to change. Dame time. Damien Lillard. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, now I'm now I'm now I'm yeah. excited. Now I'm excited. Because that's a genuine like I could believe him being a turning to the dark side well, and trying to steal talents. Well again, I'm not sure how the it, there sort of hasn't been enough release in how the, the talents is such a being stolen. It's all a bit different. It's all new agey and digital. But still, they're in it and I'm excited about it. Yeah, that's not bad. You know, That's Bugs is going to be in it. You know, all the other Looney Tunes. Well, even though Pepe Le Pew's gone. He's out. He's out because he's a creeper. Uh, 
Though I did, I always used to love the old Pepe Le Pew gag. Like you can't, you couldn't beat the old point the skunk and drop a bomb and everyone gets puked out. Like I'll miss that part of Pepe, but equally Pepe was problematic. He <laughs> <laughs> wasn't, it was uh, low reward, high risk. <laughs> yeah, like in the scheme of things, offered not a lot to the no. story or the plot, but very high risk cast member. But look, all I'm going to say is, I'm going to see it. Yeah, and that's fair enough. And a lot of that's got to do with the fact that there hasn't been anything to see. So that helps. And I'll admit that when I first saw Cobra Kai floating around on YouTube, I didn't want to watch it because I thought it would ruin my mystique and love of the originals. So I'm probably worried that I just loved Space Jam as a kid. It was like everything I wanted in life. So I, I guess I get nervous for what this vehicle is going to deliver me as a product. Mm. Like, are you going to be able to offer me a side character as awesome as Bill Murray? What if are Bill you... Murray is back in it? That'd be a get. That's, a... That's, that's, up some, that's, an, that's a hot take from me. I have nothing to back that up with. Well, apparently, and I don't know if this is legit or not, Apparently, Bill Murray is so off the grid beyond just his general personality and like vibe that he doesn't have like a phone or anything. You can't contact him. I don't even know if his agent or manager can contact him that easily. If you want him to do a movie, you have to go and leave a script in like a letterbox near his house and he will mosey on down and flick through them like out in the fresh air. And if there's something that he that he likes, he gets in touch with you. I love it. I have heard that story before. So I'd be skeptical knowing how much of an art, you know, like he's an art purist. He ain't popping up in like. But he also just likes, he's also the kind of guy who he just sort of wants to have a fun time in a movie. I know, but he's never going to end up in Mission Impossible 7, right? No, he doesn't care. So then how does something sitting in that box that says Space Jam 2 not make him go and turf it in the bin? Because he loves basketball. He does love basketball. And also, Don Cheadle is in it. I love Don Cheadle. If he's, is he a bad guy? Yeah, he's the bad guy. Oh, he better be his Captain Planet bad guy from Funny or Die. <laughs> Have you well, seen again, that? No, I haven't. But look. There's there's enough there's enough pieces here. Like I can see you were very standoffish. Now look at you, you're warmed. Yeah, because you and I both know I got the bendiest arm in the world. It does I don't stick to my principles. <laughs> yeah, Emma. I kn- I know what's gonna happen. You're gonna go watch this and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be like, what do you think? And you go like, eh, it's all right. And then like two weeks later you have like a space jam basketball attire. Like the new one. You'll probably also have the old one. You'll have both. Yeah. And then I'll be like what, what happened? You'd be like, that's nah, mad. Look at it. That's yeah. so good. I'll have Damien Lillard tattoo, but it will be his character from Space Jam 2. <laughs> yeah, you've just have, you somehow have loaded up way too hard. I'd be like, Cordo, what, just yeah. calm down. Bro, check it out. I've got a limited edition Space Jam 2 ping edition golf bag. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So we're watching it. We're getting on board. Yeah, sorry, I was. I forgot we were on a podcast. I was just dissolving <laughs> it all quietly. <laughs> but look, I'm going to ask you, 
Yes. Your Cordo. Yeah. Whose career would you want to be in? Whose sports movie would you want to be in? What type of sports movie would you want to be in? So like one that's already ex- existed? Yep. Gee, that's a very good question. I'm conflicted. Can I dis- Can I put aside my race? Sure. Like, could I be Willie Beeman from any given Sunday? <laughs> Jamie Foxx's character. My name is Willie Beeman. <laughs> okay, I'll give you. I'll, I'll open this up for you a little bit more, <laughs> so you can be. You know, what sort of sport movie do you want to be on? But also, if you could actually pick an actor who is in one of these sports movies, and you could take that around with you, you could wear it on your shoulder. What I would, would be you? Sandra Bullock from The Blind Side. Ooh, it's a very <laughs> obscure pick for you. Nah, because the, the, <laughs> the truth is I'd probably just want to be Keanu Reeves from The Replacements. That's a really good... Like, and also, if you're Keanu Reeves, like you've just had the Keanu Reeves movie, that's a pretty good one to sort of take yeah. you away with. And that movie to me is super underrated. We did our sports movie face-offs and that movie didn't come up. That's a bit of a fail on our behalf. Maybe we can put that in the, the next tier of we're going back. We'll do the replacements. Because that has the humor that I like where uh, some of the athletes are really good. So you need good athletes. Um, some have no business being the athletes, but their characters are so hilarious that you allow them to be in the scenes with athletes. And then it has good, like, tough guy characters. I love movies where they use tough guy characters for laughs. You know, like The Longest Yard with Adam Sandler. I was about to say, The Longest Yard is the epitome of using that as an example. Yeah. Like Terry Crews, just getting that massive rig out, flexing. When the dude, when Adam Sandler throws the ball and hits the guy's nuts and he's cheeseburger Eddie and he comes over and he's like, you got to always protect the McNuggets and he just throws a cheeseburger on the guy. I love that, but it's tough guy humor. So you wouldn't go Adam Sandler? No, I'd go The Replacements because I love the two brothers in The Replacements who they're like Shane's, I can't remember what positions they play. Uh, You know, the protectors. Um. You know, and they're like nightclub brothers or whatever. Yes. And they, and that like, the famous quarterback like talks shit at them, and they just walk up and just pop rounds off into his Porsche with a handgun. <laughs> but going the Adam Sandler route, you get two solid movies. Yeah, I know that. I was just trying to be creative and do something <laughs> that wasn't easy. You get three. Waterboy. Oh yeah. Ah, that's cheating. Can't do that. I like you, call. I think I'd um for my pick. I think I'd probably go Kevin Costner. Oh, a bit of Tin Cup action. Just because Tin Cup's a very interesting movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it. But also, Kevin Costner's just in every single uh, baseball. Like, he is baseball. Yeah. For whatever reason, he is the baseball guy. Yeah. He's in, you think he's in baseball movies that he's not even in. Yeah, he's not in Moneyball, is he? No, but he should I feel be. like he was in Moneyball. And he also could be, like, he could feel like he could be in that very rubbishy movie called, like, The Rookie 
which has got Dennis Quaid in it. And he he dials it back as like a 40-year-old who's he's still got an arm. Like that, could, <laughs> that could still be him. Yeah, you're right. So, like, even though you weren't in all these movies, everyone that bumps into AP thinks he was in these movies. Yeah. Like, if I'm Willie Beeman, everyone thinks you were in any given Sunday in some capacity. Absolutely. <laughs> but off the back of those ones, like, who could you... Let's, let's take another sidestep. Yeah. It's the story of Cordo. Who's yeah. playing Cordo? Oh, for look? Mm. Like, can I go off the deep end on just an actor that I think could capture my unique, interesting self? Yes. Denzel Washington. <laughs> <laughs> that is an honest, That is not an appropriate call. <laughs> well, I was just trying to think, who am I most like in the real world? And I settled on Denzel Washington from Training Day, so naturally... <laughs> Do you know who I think you could have made a case for? Who? Uh, and I've gone blank on his name now. <laughs> well, that <laughs> says a lot. No, I will find out his name. Uh, what was he in? He's in everything. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Yeah, I get that all the time from booze idiots in urinals, that I look like Jake Gyllenhaal. It's just that movie where he's on the train and it's like he keeps looping back on the train. <laughs> Do you yeah. know that one? Yeah, yeah. How's that for a movie descriptor? The one where he just keeps looping on the train. He's on the train, some stuff happens, he goes back in time. Yeah. That's my pick. Okay. Who would be yours? Uh, Have I got long hair or short hair? (laughs) Long hair. Ooh. Long hair's harder for me, actually. Yeah, and it would depend too on like whether it's summer or winter because in summer you look Latino and in winter you just look like white guy. So you kind of fluctuate from like Jack Black to Benicio Del Toro. <laughs> it's a very wide swing. Very, very <laughs> wide swing. It's a big fluctuation. Look, I think the easy one for me would be if he decided to grow out his beard would be Pedro Pascal. From Narcos. Yeah. Yeah, and Mandalorian. Yeah, that's an yeah. easy one because A, if he grows his beard or B, I shave my beard off and keep a moustache. Some pretty stark similarities there. Yeah, I could see that. I could believe that. Maybe if I got super jacked, I could claim Hugh Jackman. <laughs> 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 With all that musical theatre that you do. I could theatre if I want to. <laughs> you do have Aaron Williams. He is the ambassador. That is true. That's it. That's loose, loose threads of truth. That should be a topic for our next episode. Can AP be Hugh Jackman? Or an AP has to sell to all of us why he is Hugh Jackman worthy. An eight-part miniseries off the <laughs> side of the sidelines. <laughs> Making the case. Here's a better question. Who would be your worst nightmare to play you? So say, and it's not going to happen, but heaven forbid, something terrible happens to AP and me being the dynamic hustler that I am does the right thing when all duos get broken up by tragedy and I sell the rights of our shit to stuff to get cash. Who plays you in the biopic of AP? But it's a person playing you that you are currently flipping over in your grave because you can't believe that they're playing you. Ooh. 
That's a very, very tough one. Yeah. There's a lot of actors I don't really like, but they're also, <laughs> at the same time, it's kind of a double-edged sword because most of them are famous enough that if they actually were playing me in the biopic, it's probably going to be a big movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm t- it's taken bulk gate takings. <laughs> so I could say Tom Cruise. Yeah. Because I'd be like, I don't really want Tom Cruise to play me. I'm not vibing on it. Because it'd be, you'd do like all those like serious, intense Tom Cruise looks. You know when the camera comes at it from the side of his face? Yeah. Like it's, he does a lot of those. And it's like, but then, look, credit where credit's due. It doesn't matter what Tom Cruise is in. It's making dollars. Yeah. It's and a then, big film. Yeah, and if the biopic is me being played by Denzel, Denzel's sitting there doing the podcast and he's like, we're live on the air. It's me, Cordo. I'm John Bell, my host. And then all of a sudden we need like, yeah, it's AB over here. It's Tom Cruise just being like a douche trying to win an Oscar. Mm. I like him, but I think he, would re- he wouldn't capture me, which would be like Tom Hanks because I feel like, but I'd like young Tom Hanks. Is that a weird Ooh. thing to say? Like Philadelphia Tom Hanks or even younger Tom Hanks? Uh, like big Tom Hanks was fun. Yeah. Okay. So curly hair Tom Hanks. Yeah, but if it's like now Tom Hanks, I'm not. I'm not happy about it. Now Tom Hanks is weird. Yeah. Nah. No good. Uh, he's not Tom Hanks to me anymore. There's my. There's my off the cuff one. Who you got? Who's not playing Cordo? Orlando Bloom. <laughs> Didn't even have to think about it. Straight but he's legalist. I know, and I give him a pass for that but I give him a pass because he's in enough get-up and his character's cool enough where it makes him a pass. But Orlando Bloom, just something about him, just such a wet rag. Not vibing. I just, like... Like, he's in movies like Kingdom of Heaven. I actually kind of like that movie. I like Troy, but in Troy, he's just such a little squib. I think it's that stuff that's ruined it for me. Do you think he gets typecast? Does that hurt you too much? Well, I hope not, because if he plays me in a movie, then that means <laughs> I'm a wet squib little douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> I think my other worst nightmare would be like a... Um, uh, they're going to come to me, the name. Uh, like a Josh Duhamel. What's wrong with Josh? He was in that really good show. He's in Las Vegas. I love that show. And he always plays uh, like, he's in Transformers. Yeah, uh, I know. But it was like, oh, I could have replaced him with a cardboard cutout and it would have, no one would have noticed. What about if Shia LaBeouf's playing you? Oh. So I used there to like is. Shia. There he is. It's like, what, a, what a real line in the sand moment. Yeah, nah, I'm disappointed about that. Only because he's just totally lost the plot. And I know no one would be going to see that movie now. I think a few people would still go. Yeah, but weird people. Oh, he's got a lot of. He's still got a lot of back end cred. Yeah. He's... What if Michael Bay directs it? I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then I'm in. Yeah. My life would be made into the greatest action life of all time. Everything I've ever done would be taken to a whole other level of excitement. Cordo gets home from work and there's a wide pan of him opening the door. Ding, ding. <laughs> Din din. <laughs> din din. <laughs> I've got an off one which I can't decide if I'd be I'd probably be wrapped about it. Yeah. Mel Gibson. For you or me? Uh I haven't decided yet. Let's go with both. It's pre racism Mel. Pre racism like uh, Braveheart. 
Yeah. Who wouldn't want to have Mel Gibson playing? I mean, this is cheating. It was picking up the, the, the highlights. of some, It's like saying, oh, Russell Crowe can play me off the back of him just doing Gladiator. It's like, yeah, the dude is shredded as. Like, yeah. what a baller. He's like the toast of the town. As opposed to now, he's sort of just cruising around like... 140 kgs. <laughs> 140 kgs is just like, we've, we've picked Russell Crowe to play you now. And I'm like, you sure? Yeah. As I look in the mirror and I'm like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, see, I would love to be played by 80s Lethal Weapon Mel Gibson when he had the greatest cinema mullet of all time. Yeah, that's peak. But look, again, we're just, uh, we're just shopping and picking. picking out guys. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Lethal Weapon is... If you could go back and pick a movie that you'd be in, Lethal Weapon would be top. That'd be up right there. up there. I reckon Die Hard's about the only other action-y movie in that space that I'd switch into in a heartbeat. Lethal Weapon's probably one of the last few, like... Ironic cop duo movies though. Rush Hour? Yeah, that was but that's like a that was like a flashback. Yeah, that's true. That was just Lethal Weapon rebadged. Yeah, with a with a guy from Hong Kong <laughs> and an African American. Well they basically just took like Danny Glover and made him younger and more snappy. And they couldn't get a rough Australian guy again because that's just too typecast. Yeah, so they're like, who else have we signed up for a picture this year and haven't been able to put him in anything yet? Jackie. <laughs> Let's get Jackie. <laughs> <clears throat> look, stay tuned for my eight-part side series where I take everybody on the journey on why I could be Hugh Jackman. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, on that topic, and we can wrap up after this, who do you think is an actor where you never understood how they became famous. So I was sitting here the other day and I was looking at him and I was like, he's been in a lot of movies, but I can't for the life of me understand how Matt Damon got famous. He wrote Good Will Hunting. I know, but he's just so generic. Like even his best movies are the Bourne movies, but he's so generic in it. It's the movie that carries him, not his acting. He's also in The Departed. But even that, like, that movie's awesome because that was like Leo on steroids. And Mark Wahlberg made that movie epic as well. Mark boss, playing, he's like angry boss. And Mark Wahlberg basically not playing a character, just playing himself made if I was that movie. To, if I was to say the reason why I think Matt Damon is successful is because... He never puts in a rubbish performance. He's like a stellar basket. He's like a stellar athlete who is always going to give you fifteen to twenty points or twenty-five touches or a handful of goals. Always, yeah. always, always. And that's why you know people can somehow relate to him because he's not somehow he's not super jacked or ripped or yeah. You know he doesn't have long flowing hair. And so he's just a nice guy. People love that. Yeah, gross. It's like, like you can make the same case for Hugh Jackman. Like, really? Like, what has Hugh been in? Uh, yeah, well, obviously the X-Men movies, amazing. But, like, Wolverine, awesome. Don't get me wrong, he was awesome. His, his, image, his image in uh, Hollywood is that he's just the most nicest guy. 
Yeah. Uh, I can't go past Matt Damon. <laughs> also, these are just sharp-looking guys. I get that. I this is going to sound super controversial. You're not going to like this. <laughs> I know you're not going to like this. Have you ever thought Kevin Costner's a really good actor? <laughs> Occasionally. I often sit there and go, I like Kevin Costner, but I don't think he's a really good actor. I think he's just like the ultimate safe Americana actor. Yeah. If he was elite, Waterworld still works. Yes, exactly. There's That's a lot difference. of yeah, like there's a lot of movies that I think could go to a whole nother gear if he was like Daniel Day Lewis level. And look, you could let's let's cheat. And I mean, Waterworld is effectively Die Hard if it wasn't a f- you know if there's a flood as opposed to massive massive yeah. desert and sort of. If you put Mel Gibson into Waterworld, I still feel like it works. As stupid as that movie is. But but it ends up being like Mel Gibson from South Park, where he's just <laughs> always trying to get them to like, oh, you could try and torture me if you like. <laughs> you know? Every scene, they're threatening to drown him. I mean, Waterworld will have the last laugh in like 30 years when we're all underwater because of global warming. Mm, it'll get us. <laughs> then all of a sudden, it'll become like, wow, Waterworld was so prophetic. And we we panned it at the time. It soar into the future. Like was in it, like you always just feel like some of the movies at some of the random times, like it's all about, you know, who gets what. But the, they're at the script table, who lands on what. Yeah. If they shuffle the decks and move it all out. Like, is Keanu still Keanu if he doesn't get speed? Exactly. He's another guy where like I love Keanu, and yet if you asked me on a lie detector test, do you think Keanu Reeves is an amazing or like talented actor? I'd go no. He's Keanu Reeves and Keanu Reeves. Yeah. And Bill and Ted. <laughs> <laughs> but then you watch him in John Wick and it's like, oh, amazing. See, I would, I, I would say someone like Christian Bale, you can put him in anything and it will be yes. rad. Because he's a weapon. Yep. I used to think Leo was useless. Now I think Leo is epic. I think Leo's starting to get a bit of the, um, he really gets some... A-grade scripts. Yeah. Like his last 15 years of scripts are all... <laughs> yeah. There's no sort of scrubs that come his way anymore. Yeah. He, yeah, exactly. He's not getting like the Mighty Ducks 4. <laughs> no. It's like him, um, him and Brad Pitt. Yeah. They just... They don't get bad scripts sent to him anymore. They've, they've paid their dues as such. Or if they do this so far up the food chain and they got that many people that review them, it doesn't even get to them. Yeah, that's right. They don't even care. Yeah. Hey, Brad, we think you'd be awesome for this. Do you? Do you? <laughs> I like it that they have a ten, especially someone like Brad. Uh, you know, he appeared in Deadpool 2 for a handful of seconds to die <laughs> and his payment was like he just wanted... Ryan to actually buy him a cup of coffee because he wouldn't buy him one on some other set or something bizarre, some some really off off the cuff random story. Yeah, that's the stuff you love. But that's also 
We talked about it the other week. That's big dick energy. Yeah, he's rolling high. Yeah. It's a little bit like, this is a controversial take. We haven't had one of these in a while. Actually, we have. I just said Kevin Didn't you say controversial take like six minutes ago? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know, forget it. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway. I think we'll leave our controversy for a few weeks' time. Exactly. Exactly. But look, Cordo, thanks again for stepping up to the plate, getting this one out of the way. That's uh, it. So everybody can enjoy this uh, as they return to the workforce and listen through their ears and not their nose. That's it, folks. <laughs> but look, again, as always, uh, follow us on all the, the socials and, and spread the word. We are still proverbially growing at a rate of knots, but again, it's always appreciated. We love you. So, Cordo, as always, mate. Thanks, buddy. Right, cheers, everyone.